Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here today. We are our last week on the bait of Satan. Now, before I get started, did Savannah just say, we're going to get out of here around 11-ish? Is that what you heard, Vic? Was that a subtle reference to how long I preach? Was it? I think it was, wasn't it? I, I, I think that was a little passive-aggressive. Should I be offended by that? I mean, okay, well. You've learned something this series. So we have been talking about the role that offense plays in the separation of relationships. And it's called, and out of this book, The Bait of Satan, it's called, that's, that's the hook, that's the bait, where the first thing Satan tries to get you to do or be is offended. I'm offended. I can't believe she said that. I think she was referring to me. She thinks I'm going to preach too long. I think I'm upset. Right? So the next time I see her, it's like, hey, what was that all about? Right? I mean, does it take much if you're looking to be offended? So I think this is the sixth week. And so if this is something that you've been dealing with or something that you've been struggling with, maybe you're here for the very first time and you're wondering what this is all about. Maybe today is the day that we decide to finally, all of us, lay down our right to be offended and start working on building reconciliation and relationships. And as we're going to talk about today, there are people who just choose to be easily offended. It doesn't matter what happens. And there are people who choose to not want to be offended. It doesn't matter what happens. And if you're offended, more than likely, you've been carrying something in you, harboring something before that. And Satan is just building on it. And so today, we're going to use the whole service, I just want to use the whole service to have us do a self-evaluation, where am I, as it relates to me and how I carry offense, if I've been offended, if I've been wounded, if I'm still carrying it, if I hear somebody's name and I don't, I don't want to talk about them, I don't want to talk to them on the phone, I don't want to see them face to face or I'm going to turn around and go the other direction, if, that, if you're carrying that, today's the day we're going to lay it all down. And at the end of our service... We're going to share communion together. If you've never seen communion, it's all about the celebration of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Where God, who could have been offended at our sin and chosen just to let us suffer the consequences, instead, while we were sinners, he sent his son to die for us on a cross to carry the burden so that we, through the sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, could have restoration of relationship, hope for eternal life in heaven with God. Amen? Amen? That's where we're headed. At the end of our service, you're going to all be invited to come up to the front or to the back and share in communion. And the only way we can really do that biblically is to examine our hearts, see what we're carrying, lay it all down, and come and meet Jesus at the place of forgiveness. Just like Taryn talked about last week. Amen? Amen? So let's get there. How do you move forward from offense? 
So if, if you have suffered offense, if somebody has done something to you and you're still carrying it, and it's hard, sometimes it's hard, but Rick, you don't know what they said, you don't know what they did, and they did it on purpose, and they were just trying to wound me. I know. But how are you doing carrying that? Because you weren't designed by God to carry offense. And it eats at us probably way more than it eats at the person who intentionally tried to wound you. And so all God is asking is, what are you going to do with that? Now, I want to look at this story, and we've read the prodigal son. If you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard of this story. You've heard of this parable by, by, that Jesus gave. And it's a parable really about the father and his amazing love. But I want us to look at that whole parable through this lens of being offended. Because if, when you've read the story, and I'm not going to go over the whole story, I'm just going to look at one little piece of it. For whatever reason, this younger son was offended at something. Somebody made him mad. And he didn't want to live there anymore. And so he's like, just give me my inheritance. Well, you're not supposed to get your inheritance until your father dies. Well, he won't die. And I'm not staying here anymore. So just give it to me and let me out of here. Now, even, we even know that when Jesus gave this parable, everybody sitting listening to it were supposed to gasp like, oh, how rude of that younger son to just say, Father, I just wish you were dead, but you won't die, so just give me my stuff and let me out of here. And they were even more offended when the father gave it to him. The father divided the inheritance and gave the younger son what he was owed. And so Jesus sets the whole thing up wondering, do you understand that the father should have been offended? Yes. What would you have done? Well, I wouldn't have given him the inheritance. I'd have said, how rude of you. I'm not dead and I'm not doing it till blah, blah, blah. What would you have done? So the younger son starts off in a life that is, he's, a, he's mad at something. And so he takes off. And while he's gone, he wastes his money. Of course, he's young. He wastes his money, makes poor decisions. He thinks he has a bunch of friends, but as soon as the money's gone, they're gone. And he is so hungry, he violates his own upbringing, religious beliefs. And finds himself in a big pig pen, desiring to eat the dirty husk that the pigs are eating. And that's when he makes his decision to change. Up until that point, it's been all about him and what he wants and who he is. And, that, and either how offended he's been or how he's not going to live. But at this moment, he begins to realize this is not working. And so in Luke 15, starting in verse 17, we read, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father. And he, now he starts, he, he just starts preparing his speech. And say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, and ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. The older brother, though, 
was angry and wouldn't go in. What did the father do for the younger son? He came in and he gave him a robe. He put a crown on his head, put sandals on his feet, put a ring, a royalty ring on his finger, and threw him a party. This, my son who was dead, is now alive. He's home. Let's celebrate. And the older son was, first of all, when, when the younger son left, it didn't affect the older son at all except gave him more stuff that he would accumulate over the length of time that the younger boy was gone. Had more time with the father. And when the father threw him a party, it didn't interfere with the older son. And yet, the older brother was so angry, he wouldn't even go into the party. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even a young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, you hear that? You, you see, you got that attitude. This, not, not my brother. When this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. Whoo-wee. So I want you just to capture in this story, there are three characters in the story, right? The younger son who starts off in a life of offense, and he doesn't even want to stay there anymore, and so he takes off and leaves. And yet, he has a change of heart, mind. He is transformed by his own poor decisions. Then you have an older brother. It does not matter what happens in the story. He's offended at every little thing. He's offended by his brother, and now he's offended by his dad. All his dad did was throw a party, embrace his younger son, and he's all offended by that. You didn't do it for me. The father, who was the most wounded in the story, never takes offense. And so, pause, where are you? Are you the kind of person like the older brother who it doesn't matter what happens, you're just easily offended at what's said or what's done or what happens? Is that you? Are you like the father who almost no matter what happens, you don't want to take offense? You just want relationship and you want it to stay solid and you're looking to forgive and you understand other people have weaknesses and struggles and you want to overlook them as the best you can so that... You're never out of relationship? Are you, are you like the younger son who up until this point you've been offended at a bunch of different things and you've been carrying it, but in this series it's asking you, will you come to your senses and begin to have a change of life? I want to give you five things out of this story that will help us to move beyond offense. And lead us to our time of communion. Number one, we've got to take inventory. Taryn talked about last week. It is impossible. Jesus said it's impossible to live in this life without being offended. Right? And so I know we've all been offended. And he said, if you haven't been up to this point, just keep living and you will be. We, we, we've all had things that we can easily take offense to. People cutting us off in traffic. Or cutting us off in a line. 
or talking too much or putting us down or at work they did something. There's, look, every day you're going to find reasons to be offended and reasons to build relationships. And which of those two lead your life? And so the first thing he asks us to do is just take inventory. For this younger son, he came to his senses. He just did a self-evaluation. Look at where I am. At home, even the servants in my father's house have it way better than, than what I've... And, and I wasted the money. I mean, he just does his own personal inventory about where he is and what's going on in his life. And before he looks to take more offense outside of himself, the first thing he does is, who am I? What kind of person am I? How difficult am I to live with? What am I harboring in my heart? What decisions do I make? Do I offend people? And if I go home and my father, even if he says, I told you so, before I'm offended, I need to first ask, is he right? Is he right? And that's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. But if something happens, and you can be easily offended, to pause and just ask, okay, before I get upset or before I get mad or before I go off, I need to first evaluate, are they right? Is it me? What, am I, what have I done? Did I do that? And take inventory. Acts 24 says this, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense Toward God and men. Have you ever known people be offended at God? Ever? Any of you ever known somebody to be offended at God? Why would he let that happen? Why would? Right? If people are looking to be offended, they're going to find it. Even to a loving and gracious God. Or I'm trying to live without offense toward God and toward men. Toward anybody. Toward my neighbor. My boss. You know, my sister, my dad, my, name the person who you find it way too easy in your life to be offended at anything they say and do. And the challenge here is, man, I'm, I'm always striving as best I can, and it starts in my mind, to live without offense toward God and men. Here's another verse, 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. And that's the goal. I'm looking to have this love relationship, agape love, an unconditional love relationship with people. Love them the way God loves. That's what I'm looking for. And so, most important, continue to show deep love for each other. And so, what do you carry in your heart? What kind of feelings do you carry? And so, just some real practical things. Each one of these have something practical. Here are healing feelings and hurt feelings. And so you have to decide which of these two lists best describe how I live from day to day. Burdened, vengeful, rejected, angry, broken. I mean, because you can be stuck in offense. It's something somebody had done to you. Unforgiving, callous, cold-hearted, depressed, bitter. Or do we want to live free and loving and accepting and peaceful and healed? So just do your own inventory. Where is your heart? Right now, just where's your heart? When you, when you look at those who may have done something that has caused offense 
in your heart. Just right now, just take inventory. And if there's any part of you that is over here, right now is the time in your mind you pause and say, Lord, forgive and heal. Right now is the time you say, I, I want to let that go. I want to let it go. Because if I can't let this go, I can't come freely to the cross of Jesus and share in what he has done for me. Okay, that's number one. Number two, moving beyond defense, I choose recovery. I'm going to, so the young man came to his senses, but then he said this, I will go home. How hard do you think that was for that young man? You know, to face the music. To not know exactly what you were going to be greeted with. To wonder, have I messed up this time so badly that there's no way I can recover? But he's like, I want to I go home. To whom? I want to I go home to my dad. I want to go home to my father. I want to go home. I know there's something inside each of you that even if you've been offended by somebody or something that they've done... I know the God part in you, the spirit right now is moving in your heart to say, I want to go home. I don't want to carry it anymore. I'm tired of it. It's burdened me, and I don't like it. It's, I'm tired of carrying it. Isn't there something in you that just wants to be free and go home? And so it's a choice. I choose to lay down a fence pick up restoration of relationship. Philippians 1, 9 through 11, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Isn't that good? Man, that's my, that's my goal. I want to live a life that makes wise decisions and I'm discerning and I pause so that I'm not carrying offense until God calls me home. And that is a wonderful goal and it's a choice. It's a choice. And, and you can easily choose to let it down. You can let go of it today. Just right now and just begin living without offense. But I'm going to give up so much. I don't know what happened. I may be hurt again. You could be. I'm not saying, by the way, that you even have to put yourself back in a position where somebody's going to abuse you. I'm saying, what's happened in the past, can you, can you lay it down? Can you lay the offense down so that your own heart can be healed? I'm going to give you four statements. These are just four truths. You tell me if you agree with them or not. If you're still hurting from a past offense, it's because you choose to hurt. I don't want to wound you even with my truth. I don't want you to, I'm not trying to wound you. But for some of you, it's, there are deep wounds, amen? There are deep, deep wounds. But if you're still hurting from the past offense, it's because you choose to hurt. Do you agree with that or not? Do I really have a choice? Here's another truth. The only way to be healed is to forgive. Release the offense and offending person to God. Right? 
Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says who? The Lord. The Lord. You, we let it go. And then it's not, God, I'm going to release them to you and you send them to hell. <laughs> I don't want anybody to go to hell. Anybody. It is that bad. And you don't want anyone to go there. Right? And including you. So the only way to heal, this is last week's lesson, going back and listen to it online, is to forgive and to release and let it go. Here's the third truth. A lack of compassion for others arises from an unwillingness to forgive their weaknesses. Do you agree with that? that? That if I'm unwilling to forgive in the areas where they're weak, that it really begins moving my heart to a lack of compassion. So we have a choice. And the five, fourth one. Your spiritual maturity depends on your willingness to face, forgive, and forget past offenses. So we're coming to our senses. We're taking inventory. And now we're choosing to let things go. And it's not easy. I understand it's not easy. But it is the call of God. Because that's what's best for you. And it's also what he did for us. I mean, can you imagine serving a God who's always offended at our sin? Can you imagine what it would be like to be in a religion where our God always takes offense at every little thing that we do that's wrong? Whew. There would never be any relief, would there? Because we're sinners. And so we serve a God who has chosen to let that go. And he's always looking to see if we're coming home like the prodigal father. Okay, moving beyond number three, decide to yield. Decide to yield. You thought the last one was difficult? This one's more difficult. Decide to yield whenever you can. It may mean that you might even be in the right, but you're going to decide to yield anyway. And so, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy because I, I'm a sinner. I'm a, at the beginning of it, the young boy was, it was all about him and what he wanted and what he demanded and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go and I'm out of here. And now it's like, whoo, whoo. I am not all that. In fact, I am nothing. I'm just, I'm a sinner. And so, James 3.17 says this, but the wisdom that's from above, this is what God gives you. He wants, to, he wants you to be smart. He wants you to be wise and act with wisdom. Is first pure and then, look at this, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Willing to yield, even if you're in the right. Now, if you want to read a lot about this, read Romans you know, 14 and 15. You can actually read Romans 13, 14, and 15. That's all it's about. There are other passages in Matthew. All it's about is being willing to, to not do something because somebody else may be offended. Romans 14, it's like some people think that every day is the same. Others think that there are special days. And some churches say, we're not celebrating Easter or Christmas because you don't know that that was the birth of Jesus. And some just, oh, how dare you? Others are like, every day is the same, but it's okay to celebrate certain days. Well, Jesus, what's right? 
Paul, what should we do? Leave each other alone. It's not an issue to God. God is able to save both of you. Stop being so easily offended. Yield. Just yield to each other. Look at this one. In, in 1 Corinthians, people in this church in Corinth were taking each other to court. Because they were offended at something that somebody else had done. And Paul says, even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Your church is losing because you're taking each other to court instead of coming together to worship God. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? Well, because I'm right. I don't care. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Paul. The Holy Spirit has inspired these words. True or false? Why not let yourself be cheated? <laughs> I, was, I told this in our Wednesday night class, and I said, okay, so if you came to me for advice, hey, this happened to me, and this is what's going on, and I think I have a lawsuit, what do you think I should do? And I said, just accept the injustice and let yourself be cheated. Would you ever come back to me for advice? Will you accept it if Paul says it? Will you accept if Paul says there may be occasions where you're right and clearly could win a court case of, but can you let it go for the sake of the kingdom? Here are four questions. Why is yielding so hard for me? Why is it so difficult to let things go? To prove you're right and to go get five other people who agree with you. Go gossip about how bad the other person is. Right? Why, why is it so hard? What's my fear? Well, if they do it once, they'll do it again. If they do it to me, they'll do it to somebody else. Somebody's got to stop them. Okay. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says. What is my fear? That I'll be hurt again. Why? What is it? I should be protected. My rights or relationship. And how can I yield without being run over? It's meant to be rhetorical, really. But it's meant to just get you to evaluate. Are you someone who can yield? Let's start simple. At home. In the kitchen. With your spouse. How easy is it for you to yield? Or do they have to work hard just to make any progress in relationship? Okay, let's move. Number four, seek reconciliation. Seek reconciliation. So he returned home to his father. He got up. He did it. He, he did it. Some people talk about it a lot and never really get there. Well, one day, I'm just not ready yet. I'm just... You know, one day, I'm getting in there, I'm, I'm moving in that direction, and one day I'm going to, you know, I will. I'll pick up the phone and I'll call them, or one day I'll just drive over to their house, or one day I'll pick back up the story, one day I'm going to, uh, you know, but one day never seems to come, does it? He returned home. I just, I'm going home. I'm, I choose to live differently from now on. Psalm 35, 11 through 14 
Malicious witnesses testify against me. They accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good, and I am sick with despair. There are these enemies. There are these people, and all they're trying to do is get at me. All they're trying to do is hurt me, harm me, and, and they're accusing me of stuff. They want to bring me down. Yet, when they were ill, I grieved for them. I denied myself by fasting for them. But my prayers returned unanswered. I was sad as though they were my friends or family, as if I were grieving for my own mother. When they were, when it was their time to come to me, they, all they wanted to do was hurt me, harm me, bring me down. And yet, I chose, when it was their time and they were suffering, I chose to treat them well anyway. Now, remember when Jesus said, hey, if you only love people who love you, what good is that? Even the pagans do that. But I'm telling you, love your... Ooh. Can we do that? Can we love our enemies? And if somebody is treating you in a way that is not right, can we still love them well anyway? Is that not what God did for us? You've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And just, you need to go study because that seems to be a common word, you know, for us today. But it's, it was a much bigger deal. It's like if you've decided that you're going to marginalize somebody so they no longer have voice, then, then you're on dangerous ground. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. God is very serious about how we treat each other, talk about each other to other people. Right? So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, pause. If you go to church in October 2021, and you're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, you remember that someone has something against you. Pause. Do you know anyone like that? Are you, is anyone in here? This is rhetorical, so do not raise your hand. <laughs> anyone carrying some of this today? Leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Woo! You really want me to get up out of church and leave? And go do what I need to do and make that right and then come back? Let me just read it again. <laughs> so, if this is you, when is the right time for you to restore relationship with someone who has something against you? Now. Now. Just right now. Just right now. And then when you come back, God will reward your heart and accept your worship. So, physically is one way 
Another is you in your mind right now, just offer that prayer. Lord God, I need to do this. I've been harboring, I've been carrying. And so when I hear that name, when I hear it just, and I gotta lay that down. I choose to do that right now. I choose to do that right now. And then you'll follow that up with a conversation. Make a list of any, this is just a practical thing. Make a list of any persons to whom you've taken offense. Write their name down, a date and time that you'll go to them and be reconciled. There may be somebody in here who needs to just take a picture of that. And just remember it. And go ahead and start doing it. And then finally, pursue peace. We talked about this in almost every one of our messages. Pursue peace. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced and kissed him. His father was pursuing peace. He didn't carry any offense. He couldn't wait for his son to come home. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. When you decide, I'm going to help keep peace between my wife and my son, <laughs> between my neighbor and my other neighbor, between my boss and my co-worker, I want to keep peace. I want to be a peacemaker. They're, you're the children of God. You're the ones who are building the kingdom of God. So here's your inventory. Peacemakers are loving. And so this is just a line of progression. I am or I need to be. Where are you on that line? And by the way, this isn't loving to people who are already loving to you. How loving are you to people who have treated you poorly? Or who have offended you? Are you loving to them? I am or I need to be. What about quick to listen? Are you quick to listen to people who have offended you? Or do you marginalize them or silence their voice? What about patient? Are you a peacemaker? What about being slow to anger? When it comes to them, oh boy, I hear their name and my temperature, just my blood pressure goes up immediately. Forgiving, are you slow to speak? Tell me more about that. Because before I react, I just need to listen to what's going on in your heart. Are you open to them? Are you obedient? Are you vulnerable? Are you a peacemaker? Are you listening to God? Are you truthful? Are you humble? So Tyler and the worship team, as you go ahead and come up, Real practical lesson. It's just real simply, who are you as it relates to carrying offense? Am I the one who's always easily offended? Or am I always the one who's trying to make sure that relationships stay strong? Am I the older brother who's offended at everything? Am I the father who, even though he's wounded, is always looking to restore relationship? Or am I the younger son who has lived a life easily offended, but I'm, I'm ready, it's time to let all of that go? So this is the celebration of communion. We've already talked about it. This is the time where you come and meet Jesus at the foot of the cross and say, like you, I want to be able to say to the people who have done me wrong, Father, Forgive them. 
they didn't know what they were doing to me. Are you ready to let that go? I hope you've enjoyed the series. I hope it's challenged you. I hope it brings our church closer together. I hope God will set us apart as a city on a hill where people who visit us will begin to realize that church is different. They really choose to love each other. And so as we go into this time of prayer, it's a time of communion. And so if we'll just dim the lights, and that's okay, and because you may choose to sit in your seat and just offer your prayer to God, you may choose to just worship with the worship team, or you may choose to come to the front or the back of the building and share in communion. This is your time. Thank you for being here today. Let's pray. Lord God.